0: The game is Saturday. Talking Tuesday is right now on the podcast daily. That's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward, Ohio State. Meeting with the media later later on today, which is Tuesday, Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, and the players, because it's a different week. It's Thanksgiving week. It's the game. It's the rivalry. And after Tuesday, the Buckeye's close up shop. Tighten up the ranks. No more talking to us. So we got to get it all in today. We don't know which players are talking to yet, right? We do not. We do not yet. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a busy day. Um, it used to have like a full-on media day feel to it, right? It's a little little different now. I don't think we'll get quite that many players uh, later on today, but yeah, it's. Uh, on one hand, it's nice to knock it all out on one day. On the other, it creates creates a heck of a
0: Tuesday. It does. It's busy, but we'll have uh, a ton of coverage on that. We'll have uh, snap judgments later on. We'll be getting into all the rest of Buckeye IQ Kings of. Columbus Kings of the North, everything that you've come to expect. Even with the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, we're going to have all of that throughout the week. So uh, you can get ready for all that, and you can get ready for what Bill Landis wants to ask Ryan Day right now.
1: I thought you actually were going down an interesting road with Ryan Day on Wednesday. And I think it turns out that Wednesdays may be... Are not the best day. I shouldn't have asked Ryan Day a question. Well, it's not. It's not your fault. I think we were trying. We were kind of feeling it out a little bit. I think he wants like quick, quick, snappy stuff. Snappy stuff. Excuse me. On Wednesday nights, but snappy D's. Snappy D's. Yeah. (laughs) You. uh, You asked him about, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Feel free to correct me. How How much different their run game is now than he thought it would be coming into the season, which I think is a fascinating. Discussion and one that's very important to this game against Michigan. So I would like to get into more of that with him. It's the the scheme and how it's changed and how they're doing more gaps scheme stuff, um, less stretch runs. Right? That everyone kind of wanted to see go away. Like they still do it, but but it's not as prevalent as it once was. And then I think, and I tried to ask this too, and I didn't feel like I got got a great answer. Maybe I asked it poorly. I think they've done a really good job the last two weeks, two and a half weeks of. Marrying play-action passes to the run game, which has gotten better, kind of like progressively over the last month, and I think they need all of that against Michigan. I don't, I don't want to see Ohio State kind of revert back to the throw a pass, let's see if it works. Oh, but didn't work. Let's run stretcher to the boundary. Oh, it's third and eight. What do we do now? Like, I, I don't like that uh, mesh. Yeah, <laughs> mesh. Yeah, I don't like that method of of offensive strategy from from Ohio State. And I, I've just been very encouraged by what they've done here over the back half of the season like figuring out what works for them so i would ryan day is never in the most talkative mood this week but if we can get into any of that i would like to talk a little bit about the process of how they arrived at that point because i do think it's an interesting evolution for them
0: yeah we may not get that until like a a random december press conference right um yeah (laughs) because some of the some of the conversation about the evolution and new things that we're seeing like the two back looks and using marvin and and the pot pass being back like probably he doesn't want to call a lot of attention to it not that michigan doesn't watch the film or hasn't been breaking down signals for three years and to know what ohio state can and can't do but it's if you can help it you don't want to put anything out there that's on you know your opponent your rival's radar so i can understand why we may not get more answers and insight into that but to me it wasn't just a matter of hey you're You're doing different plays. We can all see that. It's more like why? And like were these things even something you considered doing in in August? Because I I guess in my mind I'm skeptical that they were.
1: Yeah, no, I I am too. And and I think sometimes like we'll ask about things that don't look great throughout the course of the season and coaches will say things like, Well, we're gonna we're gonna like look at all that this week. We're gonna give it a thorough once over and and figure out what the best plays are for us to get into. And then like, the next week they come back and run all the same stuff again. Um, Ohio State didn't do that. Like they, After the Maryland game, it was Justin Fry came out and talked to us, and Ryan Day talked about it, and then the offensive lineman talked about it. I don't think we talked to running backs, Tony Alford. But they're all part of the conversation, too, because we're talking about running the ball. They really did, like – they didn't, like, scrap everything they used to do and, and, and totally introduce new things. They just started accentuating different stuff that had already sort of been there. But it is – it's not a drastic change, but it is a change that I, I think maybe in the past Ryan Day has been a little slow to get to, but I do think it's it's served this offense very well, and and part of that is just maybe getting Trevion Henderson back and healthy. Like I don't I don't want to um, dismiss the impact of that, but but schematically, I think they've got a much better feel for what works for them, and also too are not letting defenses sort of. Gang up on them as much in the run game too. Like I, I think they've struck a really good balance here of some of the stuff they didn't do last year, which is like when a defense is playing with two high safety, just run the ball, and you got to be patient. And I know Ryan Day's said his test, his patience is being tested a little bit against Rutgers. I think Michigan could do something very similar, but I think they're in a much better place to handle that now with the way they've they've kind of figured out to run the ball um, over the last four or five games. So it's I, I think they're in a good spot with it, and, and it's like a good thing. It's like that's why I'm hopeful Ryan Day will talk about it because like I'm I'm offering a compliment to them because I. I, I, I I honestly don't think – it's the same thing with Jim Knowles, right? I I don't think coaches are willing to kind of make those changes and, like, accept some things aren't working as kind of quickly as the offensive staff seemed to do this year. So I give them credit for it.
0: I'm really fascinated by, like, how much Jim Knowles may have actually needed to change because so much of it was based on last November. And there's probably an interesting data point that can be skewed or – set of facts perhaps I don't mean to skip ahead to that but I that's one of the parts I can't get out of my mind and I wrote about it in a couple of different ways in my questions on Monday where it's like well how much did you really have to change like was Jim Knowles too aggressive I, I don't know I think there's probably you've you've tracked this more and you've talked about this with Doug and and, and in great detail but like with somebody like Jim Knowles did has he stopped blitzing no has he stopped being creative no I mean he they're doing some things that are designed to get the football on the ground and not give up the explosives in that he spent the on, entire offseason basically talking about the end of last year. Like, was he actually too aggressive against Michigan last year? Like, or did they just have his playbook? I mean, I, I, don't, <laughs> and I don't I don't say that to, like, just take another cheap shot at what's going on there. But, but honestly, like, if you're a coach and you're in that situation, and it'll be true for Ryan Day to bring that back to the offensive plan, like – did you do something that was wrong? Or did you get burned by something that had never happened before? Yeah. And I, and I'm they're definitely not going to answer that on Tuesday. I'm not even going to bother asking that question. A lot of other people I'm sure will try. Right. I don't think there'll be any value in it cuz they're not going to continue to poke the Wolverine about it. But that's I mean that when you look back like that has to be difficult. Yeah. I just – there's
1: no other way around it. No, Doug, Doug and I talked a little bit about that on Saturday night when we did our, our late-night, like, initial conversation about this game because I, I I do think it's an interesting dynamic because I'm – one way to view it is, like, we had a great plan and we got screwed over by by them cheating us. Or another way to view it is, like, now it's an even playing field and we got to, like, put our best foot forward to win this game because everyone thinks we lost because of cheating, but yeah. now – that is seemingly a race for the conversation and if we lose this time then then what does yeah, it mean no like, excuses I, for that. I think i think there's there's two sides to that coin but but actually and i mentioned this to you in the press box like or maybe no it was last wednesday we were talking about like i actually think there's a freeing element to that if you're Ryan Day and Jim Knowles like maybe maybe something within that that allows you to just kind of like let it all out in this game that maybe otherwise they wouldn't be so eager to do i, I think the the tightness that I felt Ohio State playing with, and maybe not so much in 2021 because we weren't expecting them to go up there and lose, but certainly last year I thought they were very tight in the Michigan game. Um, I'm thinking they're not going to be that way this year because they, f- the, the, the mental gymnastics of, like, well, we didn't. We didn't get our butts kicked. We got cheated out of a game. We'll actually leave them in a better mental space than, than it would otherwise, if that makes sense. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be doing so much psychoanalyzation of people in a football game, but here we are. Well
0: that's but that's different, right? Than being like weren't tough enough. Like, yeah. Gotta go prove something. Born on third base. Like all those things I think it's e- it should be easier for them to compartmentalize that or throw it away entirely. I think that's yeah. now will they? that's up to them with the way they approach this week and we don't we don't know how they will or won't but I could see how that could
1: help yeah I feel if I can put myself in their shoes I think it would help me like that's the way my mind works that would help that would help me and I do I do think I think like all of that combined with whatever Ryan Day was like able to channel against Georgia will help them in this game and I know we didn't people have wanted to see like Georgia Ryan Day throughout this year and I maybe you haven't seen that part of me wonders if that's intentional. Because we're, we had to get to this point. I'm not saying you're definitely going to see it against Michigan, but I guess I I guess I wouldn't be surprised if that is the approach now going into this game where it's like we're putting the pedal down. We're going to attack this team. We're not going to play passive and like let the game come to us. We're going to go up there and try to dictate terms the way that we did when we played Georgia in the Peach Bowl. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. What else? Um, what else for Ryan Day? I, I, I don't know. Like... I guess a temperature check on like where he is with Kyle McCord, just sort of like handling this moment, and I think it's really good for Kyle and it's really good for Ryan Day and and the offensive staff to have seen what he did in crunch time against Notre Dame. Like if you didn't have that. Data point. I think there'd be a whole lot of uncertainty about Kyle going on the road to play a game of this magnitude. And I'm not saying the Notre Dame game was the same thing because it's because it's not, but it's a big game against a ranked team. Like at the time, it was the biggest game in the country. Um, and I thought he handled that okay. Certainly, certainly when it mattered most, he handled it really well. You know, all four quarters, every single snap. Maybe there was a little little up and down there, but um, I would be encouraged by that. I think if I were Ryan Day, so like I, I want to ask him about like what what did you learn about Kyle then. How have you seen that carry through throughout this year, and what, if any, of it do you think translates now as he goes to play the game of all games in, in a hostile environment with
0: everything on the line? Hmm. The Travion factor should, should help there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, yeah. But no, I think there's been so much, and I said this last week. I've said it several weeks in a row. Like evaluating Kyle McCord solely as the inconsistency with some of the offense that we've seen, like I don't, I think that there's always too much credit and always too much blame that goes to him. And I think that maybe something like Notre Dame should get more weight than it has. Um, also, because he, that's when he picked up this injury that he's had for two months since then. And it's. I don't mean any of this as like writing off Kyle McCord's importance for Saturday and putting it on the other ten. He he is still the quarterback. He is still going to have to play. One of his best games for him to win on the road against the number three team in the country and a number one total defense. All, I will fully acknowledge all of that. He can't. He can't turn the ball over like it's Wisconsin. He can't, you know, blow some red zone opportunities like may have happened on Minnesota. Like there are things that he has to do better. But it's just it's so wrapped up in the offensive line taking that next step and not having Kate Stover and Emeka Ibuka and Travion Henderson all at once like. I, I think that those are important things to remind, and if he and he, when you have that full compliment on Saturday, like I guess, I guess I would say there's no excuse for Kyle McCord to not like lead them to a victory with that with that personnel around him.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's right, and I also I I don't think he needs to be Superman for them to win this game, right? Yeah,
0: I actually think
1: we've now that we've gotten here, that's true of both of these quarterbacks. But I think it's probably more true of Kyle. Like I, I actually do think Michigan needs much more out of J.J. McCarthy than it's gotten over the last three weeks to win this game against Ohio State. And I think if Kyle is more or less who he's been all year, that's probably good enough. He got to protect the ball, like you said, right? When 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 the play happens where a, you know a Michigan defensive end gets a free run at Kyle McCord, which might happen because Michigan has good defensive linemen, he's mm-hmm. just got to hold on to the ball, and that, that, that can't turn into a strip sack or, or a you know good field position for for Michigan. He's got to be smarter when he's making his reads and we not lock on lock onto a guy but I don't think he needs to like run around like a madman and make play after play after play after play for this team to win he, he can let Marvin and Travion and Cade and Emeka kind of carry him through the game as opposed to th- th- the opposite of that so and I think that's probably helpful for for Kyle too it's it's not like the, the moment's huge right the moment could could not possibly be an, any bigger but maybe that does help lessen the weight of it knowing that he has the best compliment of skill players around him. Cer- certainly, in this game, he has the better
0: complement of skill players around him, and, and obviously, one of the best in the country. And I think it should help that he's a much more accurate passer than the guy he's going against this week. But he is, yes. Um, that's he's not going head to head with JJ McCarthy, so I shouldn't even phrase it that way. But like, if he's looking for a confidence boost, knowing that he's throwing to Marvin Harrison and knowing that he's not JJ McCarthy, probably does help him. I mean, yeah, Ohio State would rather have had Kyle McCord than J.J. McCarthy. I think that that's a fact of life.
1: I think you're seeing why. Like, I was a person who was pretty high on J.J. basically up until the Penn State game for Michigan because I thought he had been playing well and had taken a step. And then when they started playing what I like to call good teams... um, That's a technical term. He looked like the kid from last year who um, is inaccurate and I think sometimes struggles with with decision-making. He's an incredible athlete. Um, and, and that could be enough in a game like this. But I think in terms of, like, processing things and um, accuracy and, like, being able to make the, the right reads, you see why Ryan Day preferred Kyle McCord to J.J. McCarthy.
0: All right. Was there anything else on offense? It feels like our offensive line talk of last week uh, doesn't really matter now. But,
1: yeah, probably not. It's it's in the back of my mind in case things get a little wonky on them, but Carson Hinson played the whole game against Minnesota. I know you sent out to our tech subscribers that that the PFF grades reflected that he played better than he had played in probably a month, and I thought I saw that too aside from the one snap that rolled to Kyle's feet that ended up being like a 20-yard completion (laughs) completion anyway because it's nice to have Marv out there. Um, (laughs) So, like, yeah, they're not – I never thought they were going to make a change going into the Michigan game. Maybe had Matthew Jones not gotten injured or whatever happened to his hand, they would have given him a series or two to snap just to keep that uh, fresh. But um, yeah, they're going to try to play this game with their five, and if they need to make a change, maybe they will. But I, I don't. It's probably less of a talking point now based
0: off how last week went. Yeah. All right. So that's the offense, Jim Knowles. Since we don't know what players, but yeah, and they're all just going to be asked about the rivalry anyway. Right. So yeah, right.
1: Um, I think my biggest thing for Jim Knowles is. Well, you were talking a little bit about on, on the Rooster show um, the situation with Jordan Hancock and Jihad Carter and Sonny Styles and like matching personnel and just the thought process behind it because I I understand why you want to do it right. Jihad Carter is a little bit bigger than Jordan Hancock. Um, if if Michigan's playing with extra offensive linemen or multiple tight ends, like I I get wanting to match like size for size a little bit if if you can. But the idea of ever taking Jordan Hancock off the field does not sit well with me based off how, how he's playing right now. Like, I, I think you can make the argument that – can you make the argument that he's like their best defender right now?
0: Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe don't go quite that far, but is it a conversation? After Rutgers and and still in the midst of like Denzel being out and Lathan Ransom dealing with the injury, I felt like even with those guys in there, the way he's performed over the last month and a half that – he became the most indispensable part of Ohio State's defense. Yeah. So is there somebody with a higher NFL ceiling? Maybe, although Jordan Hancock has put himself in that same discussion now as a legitimate first or second round draft pick. I'm not a scout, but I I, I hear from some of them occasionally, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of excitement about what Jordan Hancock could be, and now easy his decision might wind up being at this point, but because of the ability to play corner and fill in there, because of the ability to play in that nickel and and play, in my estimation, every down and help against the run, if they had to move him and play one of the safety spots, certainly seems like at this point he could do that. Um, he's, if it's a safety-driven defense, which I'm told that it is, then Jordan Hancock's role in the secondary makes him someone that they, I don't think they can survive without. Yeah,
1: and I just... They've also been so good on the back end of their defense, and it's no offense to Jihad Carter, like the idea of suddenly putting a guy who's basically not played all year into that spot do, does worry me a little bit. I know Jihad is a veteran college football player and played really well when he was at Syracuse, but he's never played in the game like this. He's just not played a lot in general in this defense yet. Um, I think I'd rather kind of you know dance with the date that brought you, and then, then start mixing it up a little bit. Um, so I want to ask about that, like like. I wonder how difficult it is for Jim Knowles to take Jordan Hancock off the field. Cause if I were him, it'd be incredibly difficult to the <laughs> point where I wouldn't want to do it. But again, I, un- I understand the process and I, re- I respect it, but um, maybe ask a little bit like how they arrived at that point, what he thought he looked like against Minnesota on the handful of snaps that they did have John Carter out there. And then, you know, what, what the feeling is of not having one of your better
0: defenders on the field when you're playing the biggest game of the year. And we'll definitely ask about Michael junior, but I can't guarantee that we'll get an answer. Well, he was at the uh, whatever
1: Thanksgiving thing they were doing today, and uh, who was Dan Hope Yep, asked him if he was going to play, and Mike Hall said yes. So, Right to the point. Take that for whatever it's worth.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, that was the indication that we got yeah. last week, that Ohio State expected him back for the game. Ryan Day said max capacity on Saturday night, um, which is not really – that's become his go-to – uh, response to all injury questions, yeah. whether it's true or not. We're max capacity, except for the guys that are hurt. Except, yeah, <laughs> except for obviously, you know, Lathan Ransom and Mayan Williams and Court Williams and Keon Grays. But, you know, other than that, max capacity. Um, every year there's a, a new term that he latches on yeah. to. And, um, a new way to say nothing. Yeah. yeah. Last year it was a lot more competitive stamina. We're hearing that <laughs> week after week after week. Like, some, I really like the way this sounds. And this year it's max capacity. Yeah.
1: They will be at mo- mostly max capacity, I think is probably the way to say it. Near max. Near max. As max as one could hope for uh, when one of your starting defenders is out for the, at least the regular season. So Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, we, we probably should ask about it still. Because they're, they're also going to – I think there's a question to be asked about defensive tackle in general because they're going to need more than Ty Leak and Mike Hall in this game. Like, Ty Hamilton, I think he's been playing really well. But he's got to continue to do that. And then, like, if there is a, a, a thought that maybe you can go to, like, a five-man front – Against some of these bigger Michigan looks, like maybe who is that fifth guy? Is it Hero Canoe? Is it Jada McKenzie? Is it Kenyatta Jackson? Like I, I don't know, and mm-hmm. I I, th- I think that could be on the table for Jim Knowles. And I actually think if you ask him that, he he might be willing to talk
0: about it a little bit too, because it's not like you're not reinventing the wheel by playing a <laughs> five man front. So yeah, no, he's he's been pretty good. i I've, yeah. I really enjoy Tuesdays uh, talking to Jim Knowles. So. We'll get to do that later on today. If there was one player that you hoped to hear from, who would that be? What did you want to know from them?
1: Oh, that's a good one. I mean, I've wanted to talk to Carson Hinsman. Not 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 to beat a dead horse. I don't don't think we've talked to him during the season at all. I think we talked to him maybe before
0: the Indiana game. He did, and he did an interview, uh, I believe, with the Columbus Dispatch before the Wisconsin game. Yes. And we're like, we all requested him too. We would really like to talk to the starting center of this yeah. offensive line, and did not have the opportunity. We I mean, were not.
1: We're not going to get him. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath for it. But sure. I, would, I would. like to ask him about just like his progression this year. And it's not even like hammering him with like, hey man, you're not playing very well. What's up with that? Like it's he's a young guy who's like learning how to play college football. I think that's interesting. Uh, short of him showing up, um, I don't know. Like I'd love to talk to Travion. I know Travion doesn't love doing media. Um, <laughs> which is fine. He's not obligated to do so, I, I suppose. But he's just playing so well. And some of the things he's doing with the way he's reading out runs, I, I just think is like a drastic improvement from where he was, even at the beginning of this year, certainly better than last year. Um, so if we could get him, I'd like to ask him about that and also ask him about what it's like to be going into this game, like finally at what I'm assuming is near 100%, because he has not been that. In his, his,
0: he didn't play last year in the year. His freshman year, he wasn't that. So Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest keys to this whole deal. You're looking for Ohio State to spark the rushing attack. Having a healthy Travion is a big deal. So that will be uh, a part of the conversation later on on Tuesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. We will be in there streaming uh, Ryan Day and Jim Knowles live on the podcast. We'll have snap judgments to break it down afterwards. Podcast Daily again on Wednesday for a little bit more insight as we get ready for the game, which is now one day closer. Thanks for uh, getting through your Tuesday, early Tuesday with us, Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. This has been a talking Tuesday on the podcast daily. We'll see y'all later.